Praise God. We bless the worship team. You know, when pastor's out of the pulpit, he never leaves us uh, lacking. Um, he, he always bring, a, bring a, a, another speaker in that uh, brings the word of God. And, and we have one of our, one of our uh, pastors here at the church um, that's going to bring the word of God. And I just thank God for her. I mean, just exemplifies love and, and, and giving. And uh, there's nobody, you know, that I know like Pastor Johanna Verbonic. And uh, we just love her. And, and, and Pastor, come on up and, and bring us that word. Praise God. Love you. Love you, girl. Thank you so much. I'm honored to, to be able to do this this morning. And I want to thank Pastor Dell for uh, asking me and allowing me to do this. I know that he is very guarded about who he allows up here. So I'm honored that he has allowed that. I thank the elders for allowing me. Uh, and I thank you for honoring Apostle this morning. He is worthy of honor. He has poured much into us. So thank you for honoring him this morning. And we wish him a great weekend. So let's go ahead and get started. I want to look at Hebrews uh, 12, 2. I, I believe that this word would bless you and, and will enrich your lives. And, and so if we go ahead and look at Hebrews 12, 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame and as and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God so the title of my sermon today is beyond the cross see Jesus looked beyond the cross for the joy that was set before him and what did he see what was that joy that was set before him that he looked beyond the cross for you you were the joy he saw you, he saw me beyond the cross, and because he saw us, he said, you know what, I'm going to take the cross. Because, you know, he could have said no. He had free will, too. He could have said no, and none of us would have known. It would have only been between him and the Father and the Holy Spirit. But he saw us and he said, I'm going to take the cross because they're worth it. And so he looked beyond the cross. And I believe that that applies to our lives too. That there's salvation at the cross, but we need to look beyond the cross. Because that's where the real victory in our lives is. It lies beyond the cross. Amen? All right, let's pray. So, Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for your people that are gathered here. I thank you for your people that are watching via Facebook. We welcome them. We thank you for them. I thank you for your word, for your love, for your message. And, Father, as we go forth today, I just thank you that lives will be changed, Father. People will be set free. They'll be delivered. Salvation will come into their life, and your will will be done 
in this place today, and I just thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You know, the cross is one of the most iconic symbols in the world. It was a symbol of curse and shame. Cursed is a man who hangs on a tree, right? It was a, it was a symbol of disdain. But after Jesus voluntarily laid down his life on the cross for us, the cross became a place of sanctuary. It became a place of love. It became a place of humility. It became a place of salvation. The cross was very powerful. The cross actually split time. Even our calendar is B.C. and A.D., because Christ changed things, and he changed it across the world, across all nations. One man and 12 disciples changed the world and birthed a church that is now the largest church in the world, regardless of what you hear people say. Although, unfortunately, you know, the U.S. now is one of those places that people want to come and be missionaries to. That's a sad thing because there was a day when we were the ones sending missionaries out. But the church, the Christian church, the believers of Christ are the largest in the world. Over 2.4 billion people say that they believe in Jesus Christ. But, and see, the cross is where all our journeys start, isn't it? It's at the cross that we come face to face with our sin nature. It's at the cross that we realize we need a savior. It's at the cross that we realize we have a savior. Amen. It's at the cross that we realize that there has been a gift waiting for us all along. All we had to do was believe on him, and the gift was freely given to us. There's nothing required of us. Our first encounter with Christ, with salvation, is at the cross. So the cross is an amazing place. You know, there's a Greek word, I know most of you have heard this, but the, the Greek word for salvation is sozo. And sozo tells us what's in that gift of salvation. It really breaks it down. And sozo tells us that that's a, a place of safety. It means to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger and destruction, to make well, to heal, to restore to health, to deliver from the penalties of judgment. And that's a pretty great gift that's been waiting for us at the cross. And all we had to do was believe. And see, that gift was given to us for a very special reason. That gift was given to us to reconcile us back to the Father. Because that's why Jesus came. Jesus came because when he, was in, when he was called the Word, and his name was the Word, he and the Father and the Holy Spirit had a discussion. And God said, I want my children reconciled back to me. 
word? Will you go forth and do it? And he said, yes, I will. And that's what he did. And the Holy Spirit is here with us now to lead us and to guide us and, and to show us all truth and understanding, to show us God's heart. But see, we were given that. Look at Second uh, Corinthians 5.18. It says that God reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. And he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So don't ever make the mistake and think that God's the mean one and Jesus is the good one. Good cop, bad cop. God loves us. And he wanted us reconciled to him. And he used Jesus Christ to reconcile us back to him. He's not mad at us. He loves us. And he loves us so much that he knew, <coughs> excuse me, he knew that it would be hard for us to love him back. He even went a step further and gave us his love so that we could love him back. But he didn't make us do it. He doesn't make us do it. I believe it was a great compassionate decision that he gave us free will but I think that he gave us free will with a heavy heart also because he knew that there would be people that would use that free will and not choose to be reconciled back to him and I think that breaks his heart because his will is that none should perish but all should come back to loving him huh all should be saved see Jesus came because God, our Father, our Papa, he wants to be reconciled back. You know, the song says he didn't want heaven without us. So, Jesus, you brought heaven down. That's what that's saying. The Father doesn't want to be separated from us because we're created in his image. You know, we all have our own salvation story. Our own salvation story is what led us to the cross. And if you're here today and you haven't made that decision, then you're right in the middle of your salvation story. And hopefully by the end of today, you'll make that decision because it'll be the best decision you ever made. A lot of you, I've shared my salvation story before, and you've probably heard of it. Some of you haven't, and so I'm going to bear with me. For those of you who had, I'm going to go through it kind of quickly. But when I was a little girl, my parents raised us uh, in church, and, and we were taken to church up until the time I was a teenager, and then I decided, you know, I knew better. But we went to church, so I knew of the Lord. I knew who he was. <clears throat> I believed he existed. There was never a doubt in my mind that he existed, but I just really didn't know him, didn't understand him, seemed a little bit mean to me. So I really didn't have a desire to get to know him. And so I lived my life uh, as a teenager and, and um, about the age of 16, I think, is when I really um, started making all the wrong decisions in life. But I was one of those kids that, you know, I knew it would break my parents' heart, so I went above and beyond to make sure that I didn't embarrass them and didn't bring shame to their name. That was always something that was enforced in my house. Don't bring shame to my name. <laughs> it 
Your mother and I have spent years building a good reputation. Don't blow it. And so that was always instilled in us. And so I, I, I uh, did all my stuff in secret, but I did it nonetheless. And so I lived that way until about the time I was 27 years old, and I had really crashed my life at that point. And uh, I lived in deep, deep depression at that point. I didn't see really a way out of it. I had my job. I was in the military at the time, so I had to get up in the morning and put on my uniform and go to work, and I thank God for that because it gave me some sort of purpose and, and kept me going. But um, I, I wanted to end it all. I, I, I just wanted to end it all. I'd made so many bad decisions in my life, and, um, and I, I just lived in depression. I would come home at night, and I wouldn't turn on the lights, and I would drink some beer, and I would go to sleep. And I would wake up in the morning, and I'd go to work, and I'd come home, and I wouldn't turn on any lights, and I'd drink my beer, and I'd go to sleep, and the whole time thinking about how am I going to end it. But at the same time, I had so little confidence in myself that I figured if I tried to end it, I'd mess that up too. And then I'd end up being a, a vegetable somewhere, and so I better not even go and try that. Right? I better just figure this thing out. So I was on my couch in my living room one day, and I heard in my heart, loud, loud in my heart, I heard either you believe me and you're going to follow me or just don't believe in me and go live your life. Because, see, I was in that turmoil. I knew what, what I should be doing, but I wasn't doing it. And so I lived in that place of uh, trying to sin and be, do all those kind of things and living in that place knowing that this is not what I was created for, although I didn't really understand all the, all the nuances of that. But I knew it wasn't right. And so I lived in that struggle. And I think that's what created the depression. And so when I heard that voice, I said to myself, <clears throat> well, Lord, I, I believe that you exist. That's not the point. That's never been a doubt in my mind. I just don't have any idea where you're at. I don't have any idea how to find you. So if you show me where you're at, then you know what? I'll go ahead and follow you because I can't live this anymore. This, uh, this is no longer working. And so I had a friend at work, and she would talk to me about Living Way Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. Still there. Pastor uh, Steve and Becky Fender are still the pastors there. And um, she wanted me to go with her there. I wanted nothing to do with it because this I did know about them. They were tongue talkers. They shouted. They ran around the church. And the way I was raised, that was devil stuff. And so you stayed far away from that. So I knew I wasn't going there. So I went back to where I the, the denomination I grew up in, and I looked around, and I realized nobody was happy to be there. They were all looking at their what? When are we? And I realized they were just punching a time clock. And I said, well, this I do know, Lord. If, they're ha if you were here, they'd be happy. Somebody would want to be here. Didn't even look like the guy up front wanted to be here. You know? So I said, this, you're not here. 
So I hadn't really turned my life back over to the Lord yet. My brother, um, Manuel, was living with me at the time. And so in San Antonio, they have all these great concerts outdoors. And so we went to a, I think it was Hall and Oates or something. It was a big concert downtown. It was a Miller Lite party. They sponsored it. And so I'm in this crowd of thousands and thousands of people. We're like sardines. My brother and I have our beer in our hand, and these two people behind me start talking to me about Living Way Christian Church. <laughs> and I'm like, what? How is this even part of the conversation of what's going on here? But, you know, I'm not, a, I wasn't a rude person back then either, so I entertained the conversation. I talked with them, and they said, you just need to come to Living Way Christian Church. I'm telling you, we are there every single Sunday. We're there every Sunday. We love it there. You just need to come. And I said, well, all right. Well, thank you very much. So we had that conversation, went home, and so I took that as a sign. I'm like, what are the chances? What are the chances? So I said, all right, let me go check this place out. So I went, and sure enough, they were tongue talkers, they were dancing, they were running around the church, scared me a little bit, but I noticed that they were all happy to be there. They couldn't wait for, they were happy, and they carried Bibles. I'd never seen anybody carry a Bible into a church. And so they carried, and I thought, well, something is up here. And so the pastor said, give me three chances, and you'll stay. Well, I did stay. I stayed there about five years. I got saved, and I stayed there about five years. And I thank God for that. And just as a side note, I was very involved in that church for five years. And I'll tell you, those two people that were standing behind me, I never saw them once, ever, in that church. So I'll leave you to decide who that was that was standing behind me, telling me about Living Way Christian Church. But see, that's how much God loves us. Amen. Now, see, that's my story that took me to the foot of the cross. And every one of you have your own story that gets you to the foot of the cross. But I believe that what was done on the cross that day was of such great significance that we really don't even comprehend what was really done that day. I mean, I think we have a glimpse of it, obviously. Some of us may have more of a glimpse than others. But I don't think we really comprehend what was done that day. It was so magnificent. I mean, the earth shook. And the skies went dark when Christ said, It is finished! Because all of heaven and earth and all of creation knew that everything changed in that moment. Everything that heaven had heard being whispered in the halls and down the streets of gold. All those little conversations between the word and the father and the Holy Spirit. They knew this is it. This is what they were talking about right here, and now everything is different. They knew that that moment 
that that was the end of Satan and his little minions and what they were allowed to do and what they were allowed to do to God's children. They knew the door had been kicked wide open. But see, it's not until you choose to go beyond the cross that you see where your victory is, that you see where your destiny is. So many Christians, once they are saved, they just do their best to get through life. Okay, I'm saved now. Now I'm going to go ahead and we're just going to trudge along and we're going to get through this life and we're going to make it. I got the salvation sticker now. You know, and, uh, and once, but once I die, whew, that's when I, I get to really, all the tears are gone. That's when I get to walk in victory. That's when everything really unfolds. We look at it kind of like a life insurance policy, right? We pay the premium, and we're doing it every single month of life, and we're going through, but it's not until we die that actually the payout comes. That's not salvation at all. See, if, if that's the way you think, then you're giving the power of your salvation to death. You're not giving the power of your salvation to the cross. You're saying that death is the door that releases salvation into our lives. No, the cross is the door that releases everything into our lives. And so you walk through the door of the cross and you go beyond the cross. Because death has no power. If I recall, death, hell, and the grave were defeated. Right? So when we go beyond the cross, that's where we find the life that Christ purchased for us. The Bible tells us that by believing in Christ, we're a new creation. All things have passed away and all things are new. Well, one of the benefits of a new creation, one of the benefits that you get when you go beyond the cross is that you get the ability now to choose to have a renewed mind. The mind of Christ was given to you at the cross. But see, these are things you have to choose to do, just like salvation. You have to choose to cooperate with the Spirit of God in your life. You have to choose to have a renewed mind. See, salvation is not just this great pretty bumper sticker with all the, the shine that you just slap on an old broken down life and drive it around. Salvation is now what unlocks everything for you. So you have to ask our, yourself, I have to ask myself, do I really believe what I say I believe? See, salvation is kind of the easy part. And I, I don't mean to discount what was done at the cross. Hear me. I think you know that, you know, the cross, how I view the cross by now. 
But see, the rest of it now, remember, you have a free will. And God's not going to violate that. Even when your decisions break his heart. See, that's how you know you can trust him. Because when he gives his word, he gives his word. And so when, if, if he violated your free will or somebody else's free will to make them get in line and do what was right, then you can't trust him on anything because he's just proven to you that he'll break his word. So God is a God you can trust. If he says it, then that's what it is. But we have to really ask ourselves, do we believe that what Christ did is sufficient for us? Do we believe that he is really able and willing to deal with our lives? Do we really believe that the situation we're in right now, no matter how heartbreaking it is, no matter how devastating it is, no matter how hopeless it looks, no matter how frustrating it is, no matter how many times we've been at this place, do we really believe he's big enough to handle it? He will. But the thing is, the majority of the time, it takes our cooperation with his word and his spirit for him to handle the situation. So if you're sitting there and you do not understand why God has not delivered you from this place yet, you may want to ask yourself, are my ears tuned to his word? Has my mind been renewed to believe like he believes, to believe in his word, to think like he thinks? Am I getting instruction from him and am I following it? But see, that comes with a renewed mind. The Bible tells us as we think in our hearts, so are we. So I try to live my life in a way that how you see me here is really how you see me everywhere else. But you know, I'm human being too, so I mess it up. All right? And so while I try to be the same person no matter where I am, to be honest with you, you don't know if this is me or not. Right? Because there's only one person in this room, my husband, that's with me behind closed doors. And here's what I really say and what I really think. So as, but it's, it's all about the mind because as our mind is, our renewed mind, that's how we really are. The way we think the way we believe dictates everything in our life. It dictates how we live our life. It dictates how we treat other people. It dictates how we relate to God. It dictates if we really believe what we say we believe or not. It's here. You know, I tell people all the time, Christianity is not a mindless religion. 
yes, faith is obviously a key cornerstone of Christianity. Yes, that's obvious. But God gave us the brain. He even said he gives us the mind of Christ. So obviously he expects us to use it. It's an important part of who we are. You know, there's a, a, um, a, a Dr. Caroline Leaf. Her name is Caroline Leaf. She does a lot of work in neuroscience. And you can look her up, Google her if you want, not now, but later on. And there are tons of YouTube videos of her teaching. She's written many, many books. And for over 30 years, she, she's a Christian. And I love what she says. She says, you know what? The Bible tells us what's true. And science tells us how the truth works. Science is not opposed to God. Science is God's. All right? And if science has come up with something that contradicts the word of God, just wait. Just wait. They'll come back and tell you, oh, wait, we found something else. And it always lines up with the word. always does. So if you've got something in your mind you're thinking about right now, about how that contradicts what the word says, just wait. <laughs> Don't worry. They're going to come out with it. So she's a Christian, and this is her belief system. So she's been studying thoughts for years, over 30 years. And with all the advances in technology now, you know that they can actually... Um, draw out or diagram a thought. They can see how everything fires in your brain when these thoughts come into your brain. And so thoughts that are positive, thoughts that are loving, these thoughts look a certain way in the brain. Thoughts that are negative, thoughts of death, thoughts that are morbid, they look completely distorted. They look completely a different way, uh, the way they fire in the brain. And, they, these, and your thoughts actually change your brain. See, God knew this all along. See, science is just now getting to the part where they can figure this out. God knew all along, you got to renew your mind. I'm giving you the mind of Christ. you got to renew your mind. I've created you. I know what I'm talking about. I know how it works. And so we have to renew our mind. I hear people say all the time, they want to know God's will. God is so elusive. He's so out there. He's just like this mystical, I don't know, like the aurora borealis. He just kind of floats around or something. It's how people look at him sometimes. And they want to know his will. But... If we allow ourselves to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, we'll know his will. Yeah. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Renew your mind. You want to know what God's thinking? Allow him to renew your mind. He does not want to hide himself from you. 
But he wants you to pursue him. He wants you to come after him. He wants you to believe in him. We're not to think like the world thinks. We have a responsibility and an obligation to be beacons of truth and love in this world. And Lord knows if you've looked around the world today, they need it. But see, you can't be a beacon of truth and love if you don't know what the heart of God is. And you're not going to know the heart of God if you don't know what's in his word. And if you're not going to allow his word to transform your mind, you're not going to know what truth and love is to be able to share with people. You know, before I was a Christian, those dark days of deep darkness, I lived life, I mean, I'm telling you, when I think about the way I used to think, I just can't believe God didn't strike me right then and there. I mean, everything that was sinful, everything that was not beneficial, you know, I thought, yeah, yeah, that's the way to go, you know. Put the lighters up. Hey, that's the way we're going to do it. And I look back now how I used to advise my friends. I didn't see it as counseling back then, obviously. But, you know, you're friends with people you talk, right? You talk about your problems. You talk about what happened last night. You talk about what you do. All right, and everybody, all friends give advice to all friends. Well, when I think of the advice I used to give friends back then, I'm like, oh, Lord, please forgive me because I put them right on the path to hell because I did not know truth back then. And, Lord, I just believe, you know, you love us all, so I believe that uh, you've gotten to them or will get to them and you'll bring truth into their life and correct all that junk that I advised them of back then. But, see, it's beyond the cross where we find the fruit of the Spirit and we grow in that. It's beyond the cross where we find truth and love. It's beyond the cross where God starts to reveal to us what was really done at the cross. That we have more appreciation for that. We understand it. But see, it's beyond the cross that the, the fruit of the Spirit starts to grow and ripen in our lives and starts to mature in our lives. Love and joy... And peace and long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those things should start manifesting in your life once you go past the cross. So if you ever want to do a spiritual checkup and see how you're maturing in the Lord, and are you really getting what he's telling us in his word, there's your list. Go ahead, check it out. How do you how you doing in those areas? Are are you living that out? Are you seeing that, you know, two years ago when I was saved, you know, I really didn't have much peace, but boy, now I sure do walk in a lot more peace. You know, or or are we or are we walking in hate and sorrow and impatience and meanness and immorality, unfaithfulness, harshness and compulsiveness? Are we walking in that still? If we are, there's an easy fix for that. You go to the Father. 
and you say, I want a renewed mind. And I give you permission to help me to renew my mind. And then you read his word and you listen to godly counsel. And you take down, see, if we don't allow this to grow in our lives, that's, that's, the, that's where sin is birthed. So if we've got sin in our lives, and we're not going back over that ground because we all know if you've been in this church for, for six months or more, you already know that salvation is a free gift. You don't lose your salvation because you did something wrong. God's not loving you or not loving you based on your actions. Okay, we're talking something totally different here. So, but if you find that you're continually in the same sin over and over and over, then chances are maybe you haven't allowed your mind to be renewed in that area. And so God can fix that, and he wants to fix it. Because while sin doesn't separate God from us, he's always with us, he always loves us, sin does separate us from him. Because we make the decision not to seek him out. Just like Adam and Eve, where are you? Well, we're over here hiding behind a bush with fig leaves. Now, they walked with them in the cool of the day every single day. But the minute they did wrong, what did they do? They hid. I can't imagine anybody knew God better than Adam and Eve. Knew his character, knew his love, knew his provision. And yet their first response is, I'm going to hide from you. See, that's what we do. That's what sin does to us. Sin makes us run and hide, and he's looking for us. Where are you? We're naked. Who told you? Sin. But see, a renewed mind can change that in your life. You don't have to live there. We, we spend so much time on the struggles of life that sometimes we miss the blessing that God brings into our life on a daily basis. But you know, more importantly, we miss how we can be a blessing to others. You remember back in the scripture we read earlier, God gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. So we're co-heirs with Christ. We are adopted in. So therefore, we partner with Christ in reconciling people to the Father. But we miss all that that God brings into our life if we don't have a renewed mind, if we're not looking higher than the struggles of life if all our focus is just right here in our little world. And sometimes it overwhelms us because, you know, God is putting together a thousand-piece puzzle, and we've got one little piece. And we don't understand why God's not doing certain things or not doing things the way we want him to do. But see, he's got the other 999 pieces, and he sees the whole picture. 
Amen. We don't have the ability in our own finite minds to make all the right decisions. I said in our own finite minds. But whose mind do we have? The mind of Christ. God wants to reveal it to us. You know, God's concerned about eternity. He's concerned about everybody. And so sometimes I think that the things that, ha that we have to do or the things that we have to give up, while we don't understand it, I think it sometimes contributes to the bigger picture that we don't see. I can't tell you how many times in my life things did not turn out the way I wanted it to and I just didn't understand why God let that happen that way. But this I know. I trust you. I believe in you. I know you'll take me through. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But, you know, I'm, I'm going with it because you're God. Amen. Only to find out months down the road, oh, now I get it. Ah. Now, I'd like to say that happens every single time. You know, sometimes we just don't get to see the big picture. And we won't until we're in glory, if we even care to know then. You know. But sometimes you go down, oh, now I see, Lord. Now I see. I didn't see it then. But see, a renewed mind opens up all kinds of things to you that you did not see then. That's part of the gift of salvation. But it's beyond the cross. You can choose to stay at the cross if you want and just take your little, and take salvation. I say little salvation, that makes it sound um, not of no value, and that's not the truth at all. You can take salvation, and that in itself is amazing and marvelous and beyond our wildest dreams. But if you want more, if you want more, you got to go beyond the cross. If you want to see life's change, you got to go beyond the cross. See, the cross without the resurrection is powerless. You got to go beyond the cross. You got to get to the resurrection. You have to go to beyond the cross where the deal was completed. You have to go beyond the cross where all the promises of God are fulfilled. You have to go beyond the cross where the dead are raised. You have to go beyond the cross where the sick are healed. You have to go beyond the cross where the chains are broken. You have to go beyond the cross where broken hearts are mended. You have to go beyond the cross where the miracles happen. You have to go beyond the cross where your true identity is revealed. And you have to go beyond the cross where your destiny is fulfilled. And you have to go beyond the cross where you walk in victory. Amen? It's beyond the cross. So I challenge you this morning to allow God to transform you and to renew your mind. Align your thoughts with his thoughts. Allow him to reveal himself to you. Cooperate with the spirit of God in your life. Renewing your mind will transform your life. It will bring peace. It will bring joy. It will bring victory. It will bring you a life that you never knew was yours to live. Amen?
Amen. Ministry team, if you can come forward, please. I'd like to pray for you today. First of all, if you've never been to the cross and you're in this room, I I would pray that you would make that decision today. You are of such great, great value. You have such destiny that is laid before you and you're never going to realize it until you come to the cross. And know this, God is not mad at you. He loves you. He's what, the gift of salvation is waiting for you at the cross. It's been waiting for you for over 2,000 years. And it has your name on it. All you have to do is come to the cross and believe on him, and it's yours. So if you don't know him, please come and make that decision today and know him. But if you're one that's just kind of been hanging out out at the cross and either were afraid to go beyond the cross or didn't even realize you could go beyond the cross and you want to make that decision to go beyond the cross, then I ask you to come forward also and let these elders pray with you. Of course, if there's any other need in your life at all that you would like us to agree in prayer with you for, You are welcome. The altar is open to you. So let me just pray. Those of you who want prayer, please come forward. And the rest of you are dismissed. So, Father, I just thank you right now for your people. I thank you for your word. I thank you for salvation, for the cross. Lord God, you see the needs that are in this room, and and I thank you that everyone is released right now to come forward, to have their needs met, to have us agree with them in prayer. Salvation comes forth, deliverance comes forth, Lord God. Healing comes forth. I just thank you that your word is sealed in their hearts, and their lives are forever changed, and their minds are renewed. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name I pray, amen.